0: Hi, I'm Esau Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast, on the Ring of Podcast Network.
1: If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio,
2: a football podcast, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote vs. the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans, starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC.
1: There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that.
2: major announcement yesterday in the world of sports media, I'm sure you saw it, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, and Fox are teaming up to create a super streaming service for sports in the U.S. They're going to pull together ESPN, Turner Networks, and both Fox and FS1, a few more, and sell one app that they will each own a third of. Now, there are many questions about this arrangement, which is going to supposedly launch this fall, including first and foremost, what's it going to cost? Also, the ownership arrangement is kind of dicey. Disney will make more because it's bringing more into the partnership. But to me, this sounds a lot like the original incarnation of Hulu, which was owned by a bunch of studios and was held back because of all the infighting and different agendas among them. But having said that, think about the potential here. Between these companies, they control virtually all of the national live TV rights for the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL, plus college, and the big daddy, NFL through ESPN's Monday Night Football and Fox's Sunday Afternoon Game. One analyst estimates that it's about half of all sports in the U.S. and much more of the major sports that drive viewership. But it doesn't include sports from CBS or NBC, which both have NFL rights. Lachlan Murdoch, the Fox CEO, on his earnings call today, he said the service is targeted towards the so-called core nevers, people who just aren't going to sign up for a cable package. Those people currently can't watch the Fox NFL games on any streaming service. There's tens of millions of them, Lachlan said today, Cord Nevers. To There's a very large market and a large opportunity that we can address without undermining the traditional bundle. Is that true? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Lachlan kind of has to say that to protect the relationship with his affiliates, but that's the risk here. They want this to be a viable option for sports fans without cable. But they don't want it to be too popular that it kills the cable bundle even faster than it's being killed off by Netflix and all the others. Sports has been the one thing holding the cable bundle together. And while the revenues and subscribers are not what once was, it's still a very profitable business, just dropping fast. So that's the conundrum. And today we've got John Arond on the show to break it down. John is a sports business and sports media expert. He just joined Puck, actually, where I work. After a long career at Sports Business Journal, you can sign up for his newsletter that launches today, actually. So today on this show, it's the Sports Super App and Will It Kill Cable. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with John Arand, who I'm very happy to say is now a uh, writer at puck and a colleague of mine he was uh, at sports business journal for what was it 17 years 18 years 18 years at sports business journal wow and uh had a very cool podcast there as well and has now joined puck and he is a guest today very good timing for you a huge story in the sports media world but
0: i want to get into it with you first of all welcome Thank you. I'm. I'm. I, I. This is my week two uh, at Puck. I, I'm literally thrilled to be here. I hate the word thrilled when I see it in press releases, but <laughs> I'll, I'll use it
2: on your pod, Matt. Yeah. No one has ever not been thrilled to enter into a deal in a press release. <laughs> uh, I would love to see a press release someday that says like, eh, "Okay, I, I was I was convinced to do this deal." <sighs> so why is this happening? In your sense, I mean, I know these companies are desperate to replace the revenue that they are losing from cord-cutting, the dollars are not sustainable, the ecosystem, I mean, I'm quoting from Next TV article here, it says, the economics just for the NFL's current TV deal valued at over $110 billion amongst all the networks can't be rationalized by the state of the current pay TV ecosystem. There just aren't enough consumers left willing to pay $10 a month for ESPN in a cable bill. The infrastructure will be further taxed when the NBA demands compensation of around $75 billion for its next rights deal. So that is why this is happening. They are so desperate to find additional revenue that they hope will not cannibalize the existing TV linear ecosystem. And if it works out, this is a great new revenue stream that they all can enjoy.
0: So the one thing that the terrestrial TV channels have going for them is that you take an NFL wild card playoff game that involves Taylor Swift's boyfriend and you put it exclusively on Peacock and it sets all kinds of streaming records, but it doesn't come close to matching the viewership of any of these TV channels. And so the TV networks, they've leaned on that in a big way. Like we are where you come get reach. Well, if you listen, you know, speaking of the NBA... If you listen to Adam Silver, he's talking he talks about the definition of reach needs to change, and it's no longer sort of this broadcast TV reach. It really is a Netflix reach. And so this is really a way for these networks to really jump into that reach and try to try to get bigger reach for those rights so that they can figure out how to get people to um to subscribe to it.
2: yeah, I mean it's very key that the two companies that already exploit their football rights on streaming cbs and nbc they already have standalone sports services have other stuff too but paramount plus and peacock they are not involved in this deal it's the other three that do not currently exploit their sports rights on their owned and operated system espn has espn plus but that doesn't have monday night football And Warner Discovery has Max with Sports. They just launched the Bleacher Report app, but that doesn't have traction yet. They just launched that. And Fox does not have any streaming option. So Fox would love this deal because currently, if you do not subscribe to a linear bundle, you don't get the Fox Sunday football game. So that's a, we'll get into winners and losers in a bit, but that's another reason for them doing this. And Lachlan Murdoch has said he doesn't think that this is going to uh, sacrifice any of their linear subscribers uh, in favor of this new offering. I'm not so sure I agree <laughs> with that, because if this is a
0: compelling product, of course it's going to. That is the word that's coming out of Fox. They believe that it's a way to, for them to get cord nevers and that you know Fox News is, is not a part of this. They, they still uh, support the cable bundle but what's really important to, uh, on this is that nbc puts sunday night football on peacock and cbs puts his sunday night afternoon nfl on paramount plus Plus. and the distributors have not punished them for the, for that why is
2: that do you think
0: i think that they they just need the, the the programming the the programming of sunday night football on nbc on a charter system or on a direct tv system still brings in more viewers even if 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 it's also available on Peacock or on Paramount Plus.
2: Yeah, the ratings have still been good. That's the reason I think. And when you talk to a lot of these network people, they say, oh, it's a different audience. It's all additive. It's, you know, it's not like we are losing subs here that go over to there. Now, I don't know if I agree with that. I think ultimately this is a transition period and people are going to start watching more and more sports on the owned and operated streaming channels. But the advertisers don't seem to care either because it, it, is, it is additive. More eyeballs equals more for the ads, even though they're sold separately. So I, 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 I kind of, I, I get that, I guess. Hey,
0: let me ask you a quick question, Matt, because you covered the entertainment aspect of this when, when I did not the migration to, uh, to, to digital streaming. How does this compare to that?
2: Well, I make the analogy to Hulu. When Netflix first became a thing and it was clear that Amazon Prime Video was rising and the studios had to do something, the answer for them was Hulu, where they came together, first a few studios, and then at one point, I believe five or five of them were partners in Hulu. And they said, okay, here's our streaming option and we're going to put all of our shows there next day so you can watch TV that you missed last night. And then some of the partners wanted to really push into original programming. Others did not. They wanted it to just be a receptacle for their shows. And some of the partners really wanted to grow Hulu and be aggressive and, you know, make sure that they were investing tons of money in it. Others were more protective of the bundle. And it got into a situation where Hulu on its own was being held back because it was owned by so many different partners. And that's why my, my partner at, at uh, Puck, your new partner, Julia Alexander, was joking in her newsletter yesterday that Jason Kylar's phone must have been blowing up yesterday <laughs> because he was the CEO of Hulu and he saw what happens when multiple media companies come together to co-own a streaming service. And now, 15 years later, here we are, multiple studio homes are coming together to launch a streaming service and it's going to be a sports service, but they have very different agendas here. The agenda of Disney, the agenda of Warner Discovery, which is you know potentially for sale, the agenda of Fox, which is a much smaller company now and really only has sports and their news, quote unquote, network. So they have very different agendas here. And they're also competitors. They're in an auction right now. For NBA rights, Disney and Warner Discovery are two of the bidders for NBA rights, and they're going head to head. And now they're also
0: partners in this. So, what from your reporting? How is this deal going to work out? That's what I find so funny is like they 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 have different agendas. But I've covered these guys for almost two decades. They don't like each other. There's there's like a, I don't know if it goes so far as like an animosity there, but but it's. it's it doesn't appear to be the type of structure where you work well together.
2: But th- they share one thing in common these days. They are desperate, desperate to reverse the stock declines and to give Wall Street a narrative that says we've figured out streaming and we are going to be able to replace all of this cord cutting revenue. And this right now is their answer. I don't know if it's going to ultimately work and it probably is short sighted and you know doesn't really seem like the best path long, long long-term, but they could get this to a service that gets traction in the industry. And one of the attractive things about this is that it's a bundle that can be made part of another bundle. And that is where everyone is trying to go here. They are trying to recreate the cable bundle in some manner. And this new, let's call it Sports Plus or whatever they're going to call the app, it can be bundled with Hulu, bundled with Disney Plus, bundled with Max. So if you want a full-service entertainment slash sports service, you can get one, and presumably for a discount. And that's where they see this hopefully going. And they're saying this is eventually going to happen anyways at some point. We might as well do it now ourselves because Apple, Amazon, and potentially Netflix, they would love to do the bundling. They ultimately, I said on this show before, the long-term plan of those platforms is to be the gateway to everything, including sports and including sports from other carriers. So now you've got these three coming together that have scale, that have presumably expertise in running these kinds of platforms. And you have great content. I mean, look at this that they're bringing to the table. I mean, the estimates I've seen is that 50% of all sports are now available on this, will be available on this super app. And probably about 75% of the sports that most people care about will be available all in one place.
0: You know who else would love to bundle it? DirecTV, Charter, Dish Verizon. Network, yeah. Verizon—you name any uh, traditional vi- yeah. uh, multi-channel video player out there—they want the flexibility to do this, and they don't. They're not allowed to. So, I, I have to tell you, Matt. Within an hour of this being announced, my text messages from traditional cable operators, from uh, uh, satellite executives—it was going crazy because it was just uh, almost anger at like, we want to be able to provide that. We want to put you basically onto a sports tier. Which is what they they they've done with those uh, those networks. And why then didn't the owners go that
2: route? I mean, if you're getting the text, they're getting it ten times worse.
0: Yeah, it's legacy. You know, the, you you have Disney Junior and Nat Geo that are hooked up to ESPN, and to to unwind all of that, it would be cost prohibitive for uh, for Disney. So they're 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 not going to do that. Yeah, I mean the drawbacks here.
2: Are pretty clear to me. If this catches on, it will hasten the decline of the bundle, pretty it has to, significantly. Right?
0: Yeah, it, it I has mean, to. Yeah.
2: but but now they would ar- would argue that that's going to happen anyways, and might as well get ahead of it, and might as well you know make sure that you we are preparing ourselves for a post bundle world. But I think those analysts have to recalibrate their forecasts for potential declines in cable subs based on this service and then obviously the different agendas and infighting amongst these partners nothing in the history of entertainment has shown that co-owning properties works (laughs) (laughs) nothing has shown that so maybe this is the one or maybe this is something that you know will be a disaster in five years but nobody running these companies will have to worry about it then
0: Let's get the price. What's your prediction?
2: I know analysts have said 40 bucks. I think it's going to be a little bit less than that. I think somewhere between 35 and 40, because 40, for some reason, seems like a lot. And 30 seems kind of like, oh, you know, $29.99, not bad. I think it'll be somewhere around 35.
0: You know, I fall back on Lachlan Murdoch's quote he really wants to go after Cord Nevers and he doesn't want to get people to leave the bundle, I think they're going to put it higher. I, I, I'm going to say 44.95. dollars
2: mm, Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, due to their affiliate deals uh, and the, the fees they get, there's a, a floor that they can't go below because they obviously can't price it less than what they're pricing for their existing partners because the price is the big thing. here. You know, it may be priced for homes that don't have cable. But priced wrong, this can have a catastrophic effect.
0: A catastrophic effect meaning like nobody subscribes. No,
2: meaning everybody subscribes. <laughs> and, then, and, then, then,
0: and then nobody subscribes to cable. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, yeah. if yeah.
2: Lachlan is and, and Iger are talking about how this is not going to impact their existing subscribers, they can't price it too low to attract those existing subscribers. They've got to price it high enough where it becomes for the core endeavors.
1: Right. So is this going to be like, I type in sportsplus.com, it takes me to a a landing page that has FS1, ESPN, TNT, I click whatever I want, it has all the games, and I'm watching games.
2: Yes, that is what has been described. Now, obviously, in the press release and in the things that the moguls have said so far, they have not elaborated on how it's going to actually look. They don't even probably know yet. They do not have a management team or anyone building this, as far as we know. But that is the goal, to put all of their properties that carry sports into one app. And then you, Joe Consumer, will be able to go there on a Saturday afternoon to watch college football and the college football games that are carried by those three partners will all be in one place.
1: So if you had to predict a year from the fall, is this going to be something that crashes and burns and was a massive failure? or? Is Paramount or whoever owns Paramount and Comcast a year from now going, can we get in on this, please? We'd love to add CBS and NBC to this.
2: I think the answer is maybe, which I know no one likes. But Lachlan Murdoch said this morning that they have had no talks with NBC or CBS. And it makes sense that those two outlets would want to push their own owned and operated services, Peacock and Paramount Plus, because they already put their sports there. The thing that made these other three companies unique was that they did not have an over the top option that was widely adopted for their sports rights. Now, ESPN, interestingly, is still moving ahead with their own standalone ESPN over the top service. And at least now, Iger is saying that this is not going to impact the development of that over the top service, but they think that that can live on its own. Now, You have constantly bitched, Craig, on this show about how what you really want in streaming is one place to go where you can flip back and forth amongst the sports and find out what's on and be all on one interface.
1: Yes, yes. We want cable again. We've been lost at sea for a decade now, and this is like (laughs) the first sight of land. Yeah, this is the closest. (laughs) If they execute, this would be the closest
2: that we have to that.
0: And I, I just want to add one thing about NBC not, not being involved. Don't forget mm-hmm. who owns NBC, which is Brian Roberts, which you know made his Comcast, fortune yeah. on Comcast and, and cable. And so I can see him not not uh, even though he wants he has been building up Peacock and he wants to build up a streaming service and he's let, letting his sports leak out of the cable bundle. I can see him not wanting to be a part of uh, of something that has a look and feel of a cable killer.
2: Yeah, and he and Iger hate each other, and also who knows that a year Comcast might own or merge with Warner Discovery and then he would own it anyways.
0: And then he's in exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you've been reporting greatly on, uh, on Paramount and what's going on over there. So I, I can sort of understand why they weren't involved as well. Cause there's so much just unknown about what's going on. Yeah. Maybe they
2: weren't invited. Maybe they were like, uh, you know, who invited APA, the old entourage <laughs> line. Um, yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's go to winners and losers here because you have some predictions on winners and losers. I have some thoughts as well. I mean, I think we got to start with what we just talked about. The winners here potentially are consumers. If they pull this off and can give Cord Nevers a viable option for 50 to 75% of the sports they care about,
0: that's a win for consumers. My top winner on this, by far, Fox. Yeah, agreed. Fox got killed for not starting a streaming services.
2: Well, but then but then all these streaming services that chased Netflix ended up chasing them off a cliff
0: and only Netflix had a rope to survive. Exactly. And so Fox kind of swooped in. It essentially saved money by not losing money on a streaming service and came in through the uh, the, the side door so to speak and uh, and has a seat at the table right now. So they're they're my uh, uh, my big winner.
2: Well, they're a big winner unless this thing kills off their pretty much only business, which is linear television.
0: Then they're my big loser.
2: (laughs) Then they're the big loser. Uh, Yeah, because they don't have theme parks. They don't even have movies anymore. So they're pretty much all in on television. And now they have this streaming business that they are a partner in. But they have really skated on NFL ratings. That can't last forever. As these numbers come down on linear subscribers, I think Fox is looking at a future in which football ratings, even football ratings come down on Linear. And if they don't have a streaming option, there's nowhere else to capture these viewers. And both they and the NFL are not going to be happy if they are essentially ghettoized on Linear television without a streaming option. So this solves that potentially. I think a potential loser here is a, let's say, Netflix or Amazon, because they now have a bigger... Competitor in the kind of sports plus bundle. Competitor for time, competitor for subscription, competitor for share of mind amongst the streaming audience. Now, the flip side of that is yes, but if it hurries the demise of the cable bundle, then that might help a Netflix or an Amazon Prime.
0: And the reason I'm not going to jump in on that with you right away is that we don't know the price point. Right. Okay. Fair my big loser uh, on this uh pot- potentially is adam silver
2: <laughs> the com- NBA commissioner. Uh,
0: how would you like to see your two partners now getting in bed with each other and and forming their own sort of joint venture together? That's something that all leagues, not just the nBA I, I was going to take- say
2: it's not just Adam silver and the NBA that's a loser it's potentially all owners of sports rights Absolutely. all leagues all you know anyone selling has got to look at this and be like, "Ooh, did we just take two buyers out of the market or
0: three? Fox is a buyer as well for this and and these leads depend on the competition among those three networks to bid up rights. And so far, we're not seeing any of the big digital companies. They're not really spending a ton. And when they do spend, I've f- I found they are very disciplined in spending. They're m- much different than uh than traditional TV executives.
2: I think another potential loser here could be CBS and NBC. If they are not part of this, potentially people are going to say, well, why do I need to subscribe to Peacock for football if I get pretty much everything else on Sports Plus or whatever they call
1: it? Yeah, but NBC is Sunday Night Football. And CBS has the, okay, the Romo-Nance game. game on... Well, yeah, CBS has the literal Super Bowl uh, coming up. But, you know, they True. have usually the best game every Sunday in the afternoon slate with Nance and Romo at playoffs. True, but
2: again, that's one game versus how many will you be able to get on this app? And plus you get all national NBA games. All right, so just to, to wrap this up, give me your assessment of what success looks like for this service, 10 million customers, 20, 50?
0: I think success might be where they get a nice little group of fans, 10 million, 20 million, and cord cutting stabilizes a little bit. Uh, that that could be success. I don't think that success is, is solely predicated on how many subscribers they get. I think su- success is also predicated on how healthy the cable bundle remains because-
2: But it's not gonna stabilize. I mean, Court cutting is real regardless of this, meaning doesn't exacerbate is what you're yes. saying. It doesn't fall yes. off a cliff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So they get they get the benefit of the revenue from this new service, have a bridge to the future, but the bottom doesn't fall out of the existing business. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. I think That's the bottom's going to fall out anyway. <laughs> this is the prophylactic move to catch whatever they can while the, falling, the, the bottom falls out. Um, because some people just don't want any of this. They just, they like their television. They like what they have. And I don't think that's going to completely go away. The problem is, is that it's just not going to justify any of these costs that, that have. So they got to find the revenue elsewhere. And this is what they've landed on. So I think this is only the beginning of this story. We're going to see a ton more as details leak out. And, you know, the fall is not that far away. We're talking six, seven months. Give me a prediction on what it's going to be called. I've already taken
0: Sports Plus. Home Team Plus. Home Team. <laughs> Homers. The Varsity. It'll be the Varsity The Varsity. Plus. No, uh, the Varsity
2: su- is taken. You'll, we'll sue <laughs> them. The Varsity is your new newsletter at Puck. Everybody should subscribe. It's great. And John is a big welcome addition. So thanks for coming on. Hey, anytime you ask, I'll come on. Thanks a lot, man. All right, we're back with the call sheet. Craig, are you excited for our big trip to Vegas? for the live show this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun We got a special guest. It's we do have Super a very Bowl. special guest. I don't want to ruin it, but it is fun. And it is not Lucas. Lucas Shaw will be there. He is always a special guest, but he is right. not the special guest for this pod. And importantly, we are not going to the game. We are just going for the hoopla on the show and then coming home. But the game is going to be, I believe, the most watched Super Bowl in history. The current title is the 2015 game, 115 and some odd viewers. Last year, got to 115.1, which I believe was slightly
1: lower. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't last year the first year they included out-of-home numbers? They may
2: have included it the year before, but certainly that has caused the numbers to turn around. Nielsen now includes out-of-home viewing, which obviously for the Super Bowl is a big deal. So... The numbers are probably going to go up. I got a, a very smart ratings person texted me that the NFL ratings this season were up 7% year-over-year in the regular season, and the playoff ratings were up 9% year-over-year. So split the difference, 8%. And if you take last year's number, 115, that would get us to 124.2 million for this year. Now, Vegas has the line at 122. Million for the over under,
1: which is so high. I mean, them predicting that this is going to be the most watched Super Bowl by 7 million people in and of itself is a crazy line to set. It is, but they're looking at these stats that I just told
2: you, and they're also looking at the Taylor factor. We now know she's going to be there. The numbers on female viewership is going to go way up. I don't know that Usher is a huge. Draw I mean, he's not bad, but it's not like they're you know reuniting the Beatles here on stage it's It's
1: <laughs> oh, usher dang poor <laughs> Usher. he's already hosted the Super Bowl. this was I, I should have gotten somebody better.
2: yeah, it's not I mean even the the Dr. Dre West Coast rap thing would would have been way better, so I'm actually going to take the over on one twenty two I don't know it'll be one twenty four I'm going to say one twenty three as my official guess.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I'm going to I'll I'll get cute and say like 122 point something. But I, oh, you're going to let me
2: take the over. You're, you, Price is right rules gives you a very limited window for winning there.
1: Well, why are we doing Price is right rules? Oh, we're that's, so we're just for for betting is is at right. the over. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be around 122. I, I mean, I agree that this is definitely going to be the, the most watched Super Bowl ever. Taylor is going to attract a massive audience and this game is going to be huge.
2: Can you bet on the total amount of time they show her during the game?
1: You can bet on everything, Matt. You can bet on the amount of times they've cut to her, the amount of seconds she's on screen. I have money riding on Reba McIntyre's National Anthem time. There's a lot you can bet on. Oh, you do?
2: I hope yeah. you really. I, I hope your wife does not let you bet a lot on it.
1: I've done my research. It, it's going <laughs> under 88 seconds. You've done your research. Good. I, I hope you listened to all of them over and over. Well, I have. Most of them are usually about about two minutes long. And they're, they're, Reba doesn't have the pipes for that. She moves you quick. You bet
2: on the amount of time Reba McIntyre will sing. Just think about that for a moment. Think about where your life is and where you ended up.
1: I couldn't be happier.
2: We will see. We will see what happens on this. Um, I'm doing a contest in my Puck newsletter. Readers are submitting. Someone said it's gonna be 175 million viewers, which I don't know if that's even possible given the number of TVs. Uh, Keep in mind, this is just the linear number. They will not release the Paramount Plus number. So we're only betting on linear, but I think for Super Bowl, that's pretty safe. All right, that's the show for today. I want to thank my guest, John Aron. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck, our editor, Jesse Lopez. And I want to thank you. We will see you one more time this week.